I saw a tweet the other day that had uh, a picture of Drake's back tattoo, and it's all these like faces, and someone said it looks like a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Edit that in. Okay. Also, edit in the part where you do the intro theme song. This is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say hello. Hello! And drunk with power from his last week stint <laughs> as regular host, Matthew Rawlings, my co-host. Full Matthew, host. say hello. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and joining us this week, the editor-in-chief of the new iDoc, the new iDubs documentary, Ice Cream Man, the current reigning, I don't know if there's been any fluctuations, but the current reigning bad boy of comedy, Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say hello. Hello. Because this is the Motion Pixels podcast. Uh, hello, gamers. Uh, you know, it's good to see you guys again virtually. Um, I prefer to see you guys in Minecraft than real life, just because I feel like Minecraft is more important than real life. But um, it's good to see you guys in the land of the living, because last week I felt like I was in the land of the dead. Um, I had uh, oral surgery, and it's maybe the shittiest thing you can ever do to yourself. So uh, I hope you guys don't have to get teeth pulled anytime soon. Yeah, can you briefly, I mean, like, I've never had a teeth, a tooth pulled in my life or known anybody to have a tooth pulled, in, at least in, a, uh, in an intimate manner to where I can witness them going through it. Can you briefly describe what your experience was like afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's just like a quick rundown of my whole experience. Um, ow, 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 ow. So you were in pain basically the whole time afterwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tell them yeah, about it your was dream. A, <laughs> it was a solid, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, it was a solid week of pain last week. It was just constant going from pain pill to pain pill. Um, not, yeah. not, no hard stuff. It was just this like super turbo, like Tylenol essentially that I was, mm-hmm. I was taking. And, uh, uh, I, there was one night where I, <laughs> uh, I think it was like Friday night. I, the whole week just blended together because I was like s- sleeping and doing nothing the whole week, just trying to deal with it. And, I think it was Friday night I was sleeping and I had this dream where my tooth was hurting in the dream. And in the dream, it was just like I was in this like world of pain where I just had accepted that it's never going to stop hurting and I'm always going to be hurting and it's like hell. And I'm just like, I've accepted that I am in this hell of pain. And then I woke up and my tooth was still hurting and I wasn't sure if I was like still in the dream or not. And it felt like the acceptance of living in a pain-filled world 24-7 had followed me into the real world, and it was very, very scary. And then I got on Discord, and a bunch of the boys, including Matthew here, um, were online, and they laughed at me when I told them that. Wow, Matt. As we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, I'm I, sorry to hear uh, that. It's okay. It's okay. How long um, motion, uh, were you in pain for? Um, let's see. I got it done on Tuesday, and it still hurts. So a week. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, at least not as so much that you like can't do normal activities anymore. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, man. Okay, so like we usually we we were. I think you guys recorded um, when Matt was drunk with power um, last Tuesday, like pretty much. And normal, and was... just drunk normally. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was having a little bit. 
to drink, I think. Yeah, he was just drunk in general. And he told um, me kind of in private, he said something kind of strange. He said, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> I, I don't really know what that meant, but yeah, definitely something was off. Anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, you know, I, I was just listening to last week's episode and I do remember that the outro, um, maybe this is like another fever dream I had, like from that world of pain dream I had, but I remember both of you guys said something along the lines of, fuck a Gus, we don't need Gus fuck against yeah, no yeah that was definitely the the mantra of that that whole uh experience that whole episode yeah oh cool Did, yeah well hashtag well, uh, fuck ne- Gus was trending i don't know if you noticed <laughs> are you serious yeah you're probably too blind from pain to to notice but it was yeah people were really getting behind it i don't really know why well i actually do know why because it makes total sense but yeah. i mean yeah it was kind of a movement it's pretty cool yeah i mean i don't blame them honestly but mm-hmm. um, now that I'm back, um, it's kind of a new era because I've been talking yeah. with our producers and we're going to be kind of neutering Matt and the power that he has on the set. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like I, kind of like in the fine print of our agreement, I have been given kind of like veto power over Matt's decision making and that um, I've, enlarged, I, I've enlarged that print. So it's no longer fine print. It's like kind of like in header text on our uh, our contracts. So um Matt can expect um, to like have a lot less power these days, which I think is going to be good for everyone. Yeah, and you can expect that uh, this uh, <laughs> that audio bit is going to get Epstein, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, oh man, did you guys hear about? Okay, we don't want to get into Epstein conspiracies too much, but there was a federal judge whose uh, husband and son were shot, who was involved, and the judge was involved in an Epstein case last oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Did you yeah. hear that uh um Gli- I don't know how to pronounce her name ever. Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested finally. She was mm-hmm. missing for like years and she find her Oh, she was missing? Oh, okay. Yeah, no one knew where she went. She like kind of dipped out and like went into hiding basically. Yeah, and right before she did, she like was pictured, someone took a picture of her and posted it while she was sitting in front of an In-N-Out burger reading a book about like CIA informants uh, like disappearing or something like that. <laughs> she was researching how to disappear. Yeah, yeah. She well, was, you know, some required reading. She didn't read all the way through the book apparently because it didn't work. She was found, she's in custody now, which is great because I was worried that she was going to get away with it. She's like yeah, half her- of that entire operation. Yeah, she was actually reading the cliff notes of that book, so... <laughs> yeah, she kind of cheated. <laughs> yeah. um, but speaking of, uh, you know, the Epstein conspiracy, uh, Dane, you have some big news in your life today. Uh, today, uh, July the 21st, uh, 2020, marks the release of uh, The Ice Cream Man on YouTube, and yes. I really wanted to talk about that. Finally, it's out. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, to people who don't know about it, it's just a documentary that I've been working on. Well, I mean, that we've shot back in November that I've been working on for the last few months. Um, I took my sweet time to getting around to it fully until recently, but uh, it's finally done. It's finally out. Uh, We fine-tuned it to the point where we really liked it, and then uh, we put it out. And it's on iDubbbz's channel. You can just type in iDubbbz Ice Cream in, and it's on there. It's about Dax Flame. If you don't know who that is, it's... uh, He's a YouTuber from like the early, early stages of YouTube. I believe his first video was like December of 2006, which is like, I think five or six months after YouTube was as a website came online for the first time. 
or something around there. I, I think it might have come online officially in 2005, but didn't actually get traction until 2006. But anyway, either way, he was like one of the big first like uh, YouTubers, but not only that, but he was kind of the first um, YouTuber that took advantage of of uh, it being kind of like a, a platform where you can you can play a character. For the most part, everybody who's making YouTube content at the time was either being themselves uh, without any like barriers. It was all basically just video blogging, or they were doing sketch comedy like Smosh. And uh, Dax was interesting because he was doing blogging, but it was very uh, eccentric, and a lot of people kind of jumped to the conclusion that he was doing a character of some kind and that kind of started a little bit of a mystery around him uh because when he started showing up to these events like um like conventions and stuff or youtube gatherings or doing collabs with other youtubers um he apparently never dropped character and that it was very difficult for people to to differentiate between the real person whose name is madison and Dax Flame, his online persona. They thought maybe he was, I don't know, just dedicated to the craft or he wanted people to think that that was really him. Anyway, the documentary is about that person. Uh, we caught up with him not 14 years after his channel first started. So it's been a while. So if you're, if you're a youngin, or if you weren't around during the, the very early days of YouTube, you might not know who this is, but he, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. And we had a lot of fun... Uh, hanging out with him and making the documentary about him. So, yeah, I think it's it's focusing on Dax Flame for the documentary is really cool because it appeals to like people who were around when Dax Flame was big because he was really big on YouTube when it when it was yeah first going. yeah I believe he's he was in the top 100 most subscribed which at the time like if you were above 100,000 subscribers chances were chances are you were in the top but he stayed relevant in that realm in that realm for uh for quite a long time for for five or six years after youtube first started and i think his brand of super awkward humor really hits home today i just feel like that's such a popular kind of humor like kind of what you get from things like like tim and eric like yeah that kind yeah of just like just like absurdist absurdist mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. cringe out of your skin humor yeah um, yeah it was yeah, funny so it because really it was kind of ahead of its time, if you think about it, because he's doing basically kind of what the entire gimmick of something like Miranda Sings is. You know, like who Miranda Sings is? Mm -hmm. uh, the lipstick. She, yeah, yeah. Lipstick She's like, uh, it's very clear that it's a character. And I think that that's probably why it survived in this modern day and age, because I don't think that... Um, quote unquote tricking people or having a having a mystery surrounding you i don't think that that would work today which we go into a little bit um in the documentary about like the difference between youtube then and youtube now and kind of the culture and how the youtube audience reacts to certain things i i don't really know it's funny because i think that his humor is definitely appropriate now but i think that if he were to make those vlogs in the same way that he's making them now today i don't think anybody would like it because I don't think people necessarily enjoy the mystery of, of is this guy real or not? I think that they want to know one way or another, and then they can enjoy it. And back then it was kind of like, this is cool. It's like, who knows, man? Because like, even though it was, even though the internet was still pretty powerful back then, as far as like a communication tool, it still wasn't very easy for people to, to like research or 
do like deep dives or go and find like found footage of some something that, like Dax acting differently outside of uh, his YouTube channel is very much un- it was more under control in that way and he was able to control the narrative a lot more now I don't think you'd be able to get away with that because people would fucking find they would find out they would they would dig into your life and they would they would expose you <laughs> you know can't really get away oh, with yeah. it anymore so yeah I'm reminded uh, I don't know if you guys have seen on YouTube but uh, Oliver Tree I feel yeah. like it's been kind of big on YouTube as of late he just released like an album and mm-hmm. it's that same kind of thing as like like Pink Guy, where it's this musical character who mm-hmm. is like clearly a guy doing a bit, but like well, he's it's so really clear. C- convinced. Like you know what I mean? He's very very uh, committed to the bit to the point where he yeah. does like interviews in character. But Dax, I mean, the, the cool thing about the uh, the documentary uh, Ice Cream Man, I just rewatched it today. Uh, it seems like. It's more like it's more or less not a character, but more like how this guy is. But he's figured out a way to kind of harness how he is in a, in yeah. a funny way. It's like a blend of both, in my opinion. I mean, like we still kind of leave it up in the air in the documentary, whether it, like as far as answers go. Um, I think most people would come to the conclusion that he's not trying to do a character when he's talking to people like us. However, I do think that he is in at least in some way aware that what he is doing is funny and he kind of leans into it in a, in a way and it's hard for me to believe otherwise because honestly, I mean, if you watch the documentary, we we get to a point where we organize a a a game show that he's always wanted to do. He he wrote a book last year and in the book we read it and he had a chapter where he's like I want to do a game show where we make smoothies and and we went and and since we had all the camera equipment we were like well let's film it like let's just organize it and we put it together and and when we filmed the smoothie game show we were like worried that it wouldn't be funny or whatever but he made it funny and i think he knew to make it funny whether he did any uh, like uh, it's hard to explain really because he went out of his way i think i personally think that he went out of his way to uh amplify his awkwardness on purpose because he knows that that's what people like to see from him so i don't think that it's entirely accidental but i do think that it's heightened by his already awkwardness it's kind of like a good fallback it's a good it's like a really good strategy actually because say say you wanted to be like an entertainer but you have terrible terrible stage fright like the best thing you can do about that is work that stage fright into your act so that if you ever do mess up or if you ever do have a a weird awkward moment you can play it off as intentional and you can roll with it a very a very good example of that is like um steven um wright is that his name steven wright Uh, he's a he's a comedian from like the, the 70s and 80s he he's like the inventor of like the one liner. He does stuff like, "Oh, I spilled spot remover on my dog, and now he's gone." Like that's a joke. <laughs> oh, and, that's cool. <laughs> and he'll go up on stage, and his one liners are pretty funny on their own. But the performance is also a part of it because he acts like he's so terrified to be on stage the entire time and he's like constantly wiping sweat from his brow and like pacing around and he's kind of mumbling jokes a little bit he's doing it in like completely deadpan and i've read that the reason why he wanted to do that like 
performance wise is because he had terrible stage fright, but he had all these funny one-liners that he wanted to get out there. And he was like, well, I don't, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to bomb. So he, he would, he would turn the stage fright thing up to 11. It became part of the performance. It became part of his act. And now he's just kind of known for doing that one-liners along with really awkward stage presence. And I think that, that Dax has kind of turned that into a YouTube channel where he is very awkward. He is very socially weird. And I think that he realizes that and he's like, well, I'll just amplify it, turn it into a performance. And then, you know, bada bing, bada boom, you got it. Um, so I think it's a blend of both. I think that it's, it's him being self-aware, but I also think that he's not, he's not like a, a secretly a, a normal guy. It's not like if you, if, if no cameras are around, then he's just like talking normally or whatever. He's, it's not that far, far blown, but, uh, yeah, he's in, he's an interesting guy. I really liked the experience that we had. Yeah. Idubs, uh, Ida or Ian, I, I, I guess it's weird to call him by his YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> he goes by, he but, goes by either one. Okay. Yeah. I did. So I, in the, in the documentary, Idubs mentioned he compares, uh, he, he compares Dax to like Michael Scott. And it really feels like, I think that's a really good comparison. Like Michael Scott from the office, who is this like horribly, horribly awkward guy surrounded by like more or less normal people. Yeah. Um, and it's like painful, painful to watch, <laughs> but that's like the magic of it. And, yeah. Like, that's guys, what's so this, funny this, about it. The documentary is like an hour long and the the entire time, like it even like there's even parts where Idubs is super like he can't <laughs> even like keep up with how awkward it is. He like has to stop. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I like those moments where Ian can't keep up because it, it kind of makes it seem like uh, Dax has a superpower of, of some kind. Yeah, like that, when he's that cold Ian approaching doesn't... people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Do you like, yeah, YouTube? I love those sequences. <laughs> hey, do you watch YouTube? Yeah, yeah. And people are, I mean... Uh, I, I think that it's like you, you get these assumptions where it's like, oh, he's super awkward. So he's going to, he's not going to want to talk to people, but that's a complete opposite. I think that I, I think that because he's, he's worked his awkwardness into a performance, it gives him a, this sort of confidence that it's like, oh, I have, I have comedy to fall back on at this point. You know what I mean? Like he would probably never do that. Well, I don't know. It's hard because he tells all these stories in the book where he just goes and and he travels by himself he's traveled to many many countries just by himself and and he tells all these stories about people he meets and he says that he prefers going and sleeping in hostels over hotels because it gives him an opportunity to to meet people um i can't remember if it was in the book or if he told us this story but we thought it was really funny um apparently he was sleeping in a hostel in like india or or russia or something and it, and if you don't know, a hostel is basically just a room where you sleep on the floor with a bunch of other strangers, and you can sl- you can stay in the hostel for like a dollar a night. It's Not like super always cheap. Always on the floor, but well, I, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a shared it's like yeah. a shared room, and and it's it, you basically sacrifice privacy for yep. affordability. Um, and he said that he always prefers it because he he gets a chance to meet people and interact with people, which is funny because you wouldn't expect him to be that kind of person based on his, I don't know, his demeanor and his personality, but he's very outgoing. Um, and he told this, this one story, uh, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but, um, he said that one time he woke, like he woke up kind of before everybody else in the hostel. And he said that he didn't know why he did it to this day. He doesn't know why he did it, but he, when he woke up, he kind of like shouted a little bit. He said, rise and shine. (laughs) And everybody woke up 
and I thought that was so funny. It's so funny to imagine Dax doing that. <laughs> um, so I, I, and just the fact that he tells that story, I, he recognizes that it was a funny situation because of how weird and awkward it was. So, um, I'd be. Pissed. I think it goes past <laughs> just him being accidentally weird and him realizing, oh, I'm occasionally accidentally weird. Why don't I just make people laugh by being accidentally weird a lot? <laughs> you know what I mean? Win-win. I think it's genius. I love it. Yeah, it's like he has all of the awkwardness of an actually awkward person, but he doesn't pay the price for that awkwardness. It's like <laughs> yeah. everyone else around him. He's kind of turned it into a way to to do what he wants to do, which is be an entertainer or or uh, be involved in show business. So I think it's I think it's really clever, and and I'm I'm proud of him. I'm uh, I'm glad that he's getting a lot of recognition after this uh, documentary. People are going to his channel and uh, and subscribing and and. You can watch the Smoothie Madness Game Show as a separate, uninterrupted episode on his channel. Um, and people are in the comments and they're saying, dude, you need to either make more episodes of this and put it on YouTube or you need to sell this to Adult Swim. Like, <laughs> I think that he really needs to take advantage of this opportunity. Like, if he shows that video and, and the comments to a network, like, Adult Swim is a great fit, I think. I mean, I, he has a pretty good shot of getting at least a budget, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And I, it's just so like, I think right now people really appreciate, well, pre people really appreciate this awkward, awkward sense of humor um, in part due to the, you know, the inspirations that we talked about, like Tim and Eric and the office. Yeah, and yeah. But people also today with the state of the world, people appreciate wholesomeness and like <laughs> a smoothie game show. Like you can't really get more wholesome than that with <laughs> coupled with this guy who just seems happy to happy to be around people. Yeah. Um, it is, it is a pretty awesome, like wholesome way to get that fix of like awkward, awkward humor. It was, it was very weird how perfect that uh, situation turned out with the guests in particular, because Brett, we found randomly on the street and he was one of the only people who talked to Dax who seemed to, I don't know, humor him in a way that wasn't condescending. And, uh, and he just turned out to be available to film that on the day that we were going to do it. And he turned out to be great. I, I think Brett, like I, I was talking to Ian, uh, and Ben about this, uh, when we were editing it and also kind of confirming it through the comments today, uh, it seems like so far in full force, uh, there was uh, kind of a, a side character who kind of stole the show, and that was Mike in full force, Fatty's friend, the uh, weed smoking uh, guy who films. <laughs> like he Demons. he just turned out to be the cool <laughs> oh, side no, no, character. No, 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 no. The yeah, the guy, who, guy who like fires. Yeah, yeah the, fire the pyromaniac. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it it turned out like half the comments on Full Force were just like, dude, Mike is like the coolest guy. What <laughs> the is. hell is this guy's like deal? Like he's just like he's Mike. just there, he's chilling, he's just making fires and filming lightsaber duels, and he gets into the duels and he's like friends with Fatty and stuff. He's like a good friend. And he like stole the show a little bit. And um in this one. I'm noticing a whole lot of the same thing, but for Brett, who just turned out to be really like along for the ride and totally like, I don't know, played along with Dax's awkwardness and was really positive, even though he got fucking swept by uh, Letitia, which is hilarious to me. Oh and my, by the way, Letitia, man, well, I'm I'm almost glad that that lady couldn't make it for one reason or another. I mean, she said that her car broke down, but I still don't believe it. Um, <laughs> I think she just ditched. Um and uh, we just happened to grab Letitia, who was Willie Mosman's uh, 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 like cleaning lady. I don't know a better way to say it. Uh, 
housekeeper. housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, she just happened to be there and she happened to be really charismatic and <laughs> and really good at making smoothies, apparently. So <laughs> it was yeah, perfect. Could you, could you go into that? So it, it, uh, I just kind of drops it offhand like, oh, yeah. So we decided to film this smoothie game show in William Osman's kitchen. And I, I'm a big fan of William Osman's YouTube channel. He makes these like, for anyone who doesn't <laughs> know, he makes these weird like gadgets like he like yeah. straps like airsoft guns to remote controlled boats and like shoots other boats and makes like he made like a like a vaping beanie for h3 mm-hmm. h3 on their podcast one time yeah um, he's like a, so yeah, did, he's like an electrician or an engineer who who makes memes basically yeah yeah he's super funny and like yeah he consistently puts out awesome like awesome like weird gadget videos but how did that happen like how did what was the driver for have, using his uh, his kitchen and hiring his his uh, house? Oh, I mean, uh, well, he's got uh, a nice house that he films in, and uh, he's got a nice kitchen, and he lives in L.A. <laughs> uh, so it was just kind of it was just it was a nice place to to do it. We were thinking about it was either it was either film in someone's kitchen because the the place that we were staying at the Airbnb its kitchen was un you couldn't film in it it was too small, um, but we were considering going to the YouTube space LA, which is like, uh, it's basically just a place where, um, if you have a verified account through YouTube or if you have a YouTube partnership or something, you have to uh, have a certain, uh, amount of credibility on YouTube. Um, you can sign up for, um, like certain times of day to go and use their facilities. And it's basically just like uh, a professional like set where you can go and use like, uh, huge backdrops and stuff and they have they probably have a bunch of things to set up uh stuff like that like uh we could have probably um brought in you know the smooth the the smoothie ingredients and the blenders but they could have provided like counters for us to do it on and uh, like a nice clean backdrop i don't know if they would have provided lights they probably would have um but it would have been like a, a nice like big sterile place to film and uh, we were considering doing that um, but I can't remember what fell through if, um, there just weren't any available slots, like time slots for us to do it. Or if we just figured that it wasn't ideal for one reason or another, but eventually, uh, Ian just asked William Osman, who, like I said, lives nearby. He lives in like, uh, the, not the Hollywood Hills, but like somewhere in the hills of, of LA. Um, and he has a, he has a pretty big kitchen that would, that would, that was kind of ideal for that kind of thing and he agreed to it so i mean that seemed like a better option just because it felt like it would have been more under control i guess because going to the youtube space probably uh would have been a little bit less uh ideal i mean like uh, if you go to like someone's house and someone's kitchen like you have access to all the amenities of a kitchen uh like a freezer uh, a fridge and and a sink and stuff to clean all this stuff up but none of that stuff is guaranteed on at YouTube space, uh, as well as like all of the other stuff, like lights, uh, you know, uh, we didn't really know exactly what we were supposed to bring. So, uh, yeah. And William Osman, I mean, like he's, <laughs> he's a really friendly guy. Like we hung out with him the rest of that day, regardless, like after we were done, like, uh, after they left, like all of us, including Dax, like went out to, to dinner with him. And then we came back to his house and we watched YouTube videos on his TV and I helped them film a, uh, a video where they, they made Rice Krispie treats and tried to see how much sawdust they could put in it. <laughs> I saw that. I saw yeah, that. yeah. I'm the fun fact. I'm the cameraman on that. And if you watch it, 
you actually can see there's a there's a there's like a gag where we go to the store uh, to buy all this stuff, and on the way, Ian uh, takes the camera and he like he's in the trunk of the car, and uh, William like drove around the parking lot to like shake him around and stuff. When we when he comes out of the trunk, I open the trunk and Dax is standing right behind me. <laughs> uh, so if you watch that video, you can go back and see uh, exactly the time frame that we were. Uh, we were filming the documentary. I'm surprised no one pointed it out. I think I went and looked at the comments because I was like, oh shit, people are going to realize like something's up. Why is Dax Flame hanging out with, with uh, Idubs and Uncle Dane? And Idubs and Uncle Dane only ever really make one thing together. So the, you know, you know, we put two and two together, but nobody like, nobody figured it out. Nobody noticed. I thought that oh, was well. interesting. So yeah, uh, William Wiseman, I mean, to answer your question, he's just a, a really helpful collaborative guy, uh, and he's one of Ian's good friends, and he just happened to be nearby, and he had all of the stuff set up, and it was also nice because we used one of his cameras and one of his tripods because we only had two, I think, and we needed three. Uh, so yeah, it worked out. Oh yeah, I... Uh... I think it added a, a. I think it added to the wholesomeness because, like you were saying, like if you had that sterile space, like it would have looked, you know, just like that. Like it would have yeah. looked like a set. But the magic of it was like you guys were like, or not, not you weren't, you weren't in the the game show. But the contestants were like using like cl- what was clearly like Target brand mango chunks, uh, you know, picking them up, picking them up off the like the the island in the kitchen. And it was all just like, it looked just totally thrown together, which I think added a lot to the magic of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The low budgetness, I think, I, I definitely wanted to go for uh, as minimalist as possible. Like, I didn't want to make it look too fancy because, I mean, keep in mind, I mean, we filmed this pilot for him and then now we're just kind of saying, all right, go, go, go make the rest of decks. Like, hopefully you make enough money from book sales and like with the t-shirt sales that we're doing, uh, we're collaborating with him on. Uh, for this documentary and, and hopefully you can, you know, fund more of these. I mean, uh, it shouldn't be too expensive to do, but I don't know how, uh, he would be able to recreate that. I wonder, you know, uh, Dax and uh, Dax lives in LA. I wonder if he could get in touch with William Osman again and just use his kitchen every time he wants to do it. (laughs) I mean, why not? I mean, I I think it's a a, a fine setup. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, as long as he <coughs> as he can go out of his <coughs> pardon me, if he can if he can go out of his way uh, to find like uh, a full time editor and like somebody to do like professional graphics. I mean, Yahi Mice, Yahi Mice. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's another TF2 YouTuber. Um, but he made the graphics for it and stuff. Uh, if he reaches out, I mean, like all the stuff that we provided is not. I mean, you can find people who do that stuff for cheap. Uh anywhere you can go on fiverr and find that shit so i think he he definitely has the means to uh continue the series it's just that if we would have started too high like if we would have done the youtube space thing or if we would have made it seem too professional then we would have been setting this bar a little bit too high for him so it kind of helps for that as well also i mean like i i i'm not a professional by any means i mean like i make youtube videos so uh that was about as high as my uh, production value can really reach with the resources that we had at our disposal. So, uh, yeah, it all kind of worked out and made it a little bit funnier, I think, because it felt a little bit thrown together. Yeah. And there was a, there was a part in the doc where IDub says something like, you know, I was kind of worried that we would have to come up with all of the, the setup for 
the game show. But as soon as you guys started filming, Dax was just calling all the shots and already had all of this stuff figured out. Like he, I guess he had been <laughs> in that uh, Jubilee game show mm-hmm. uh, recently and took a bunch of ideas from that or was inspired by that. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a, like a DIY version of that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it was so wholesome. It was so wholesome. And I totally would watch a smoothie, a smoothie game show. And I love his reasoning for wanting to do a smoothie game show. You guys ask him and he's just like, oh, I just like smoothies. <laughs> and Idubs is like, so you want to do this just because you like smoothies. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. I, I think that he could definitely tweak a lot of the rules and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I think the chaos of the rules and the, and the confusing nature <laughs> of it also kind of contributed to how, how funny it was. So as long as he's, as long as he keeps it different, but still confusing, but not con- too confusing to where people get frustrated. Uh, I think that's a good, good middle ground to hit. And, uh, I'm just worried that it's like lightning in a bottle and we're not going to, and if he does do it again, um, the randos he finds are as, uh, are, are as along for the ride as those two were because, uh, if they would have just sat there with blank stares on their faces, like what the hell is going on and not played along or had a good time or anything like that. I think, uh, it could have been a huge dud, but thankfully it it, it was, it was definitely the standout sequence. Like I, I've been reading comments all day. Um, almost all of them are super positive and a huge majority of them are, are, uh, are praising how funny the, the smoothie game show was, which is great. Cause we were we were looking for a finale to this thing from the very beginning, and the the idea to smooth to film the smoothie game show is actually something we came up with while we were on site. Like we we didn't know exactly where we were gonna go with the documentary until we were already filming it, and uh, we just kind of I don't know looked in the book and was like this smoothie game show thing. Like what if we filmed that <laughs> and uh, made it for him. And uh, that can be like the goal of the documentary. Cause I think that even though it's a documentary, I think that there still needs to be a, a, a quote unquote story to these things. You know what I mean? Like the story mm-hmm. of full force was that uh, he was having like, I don't know, a feud with his ex friend, Robert, and they were going to duel. Like that was kind of the conclusion <laughs> that it led up to. <laughs> um, and we needed that kind of thing for this, and the smoothie game show felt like the appropriate thing. And I was, and we were kind of hoping that it would turn out good. And and I'm really happy that it did, and it resonated with people <laughs> to the point where they're asking for more. So I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, and uh, what when is this gonna go? This uh, uh, uh this thing gonna get released? This well, like this Thursday, thing? Friday, something. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. What day is it? It is Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so it'll be out by then. Um. And uh, Ian went on the H3 podcast today. It'll be out tomorrow, oh, cool. which is uh, Wednesday. So it will have already been out by now. And also Dax went on the um, the H3 podcast with him as well. Oh, uh, my God. So they went on there as kind of like a promotional <laughs> thing, and they talked about like their experiences and stuff. And uh, apparently, I don't know if – I actually don't know if this this was something that happened on the H3 podcast or off it. So I don't know if this is actually confirmed or if it's going to go through, but I'm really excited if it does. Uh, H3 actually, or Ethan, H3 Ethan, um, proposed to uh, to Dax that he come and be like a, a, a an H3 H3 podcast correspondent of sorts. Oh my god, that's where so they perfect. send him to they send him to like uh, to conventions or something. Oh my and, god, and 
That's and great. ask questions and stuff. I think that that's a really great fit for Dax. I, I think that it would be really funny if he did, if he interviewed people like on the street and stuff, because he's just so natural at that and, he, and he's so funny with it. And if he does it on the HD podcast, if they send him to like some anime convention and he, and he just goes around <laughs> asking me like, so what kind of anime do you like? <laughs> like, or, or hey, like, do you watch anime? And they say like, oh, I like, um, uh, you know, Jojo's, uh, great adventure. And he's like, why? <laughs> or just asking these like questions that don't lead anywhere. I don't know. I, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because I don't know exactly what, how he'd react in those, uh, situations. I think that's why it'd be, it would be so funny. Uh, but because, I mean, he lives in L.A. and so does H3. Uh, so I think that could be a great little partnership if they go through with it. So I'm, I'm stoked about it. I was really excited to hear about that, that, that they might be setting something like that up. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I watch the H3 podcast. Uh, I watch every episode pretty much. Same. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Well, that's the one that's coming I, out tomorrow. Spoiler alert. Wow, dude totally spoiled it for me but it's funny <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned the h3 podcast because at the very beginning of this our podcast uh we were talking i was bringing up oliver tree who was just on yeah, the yeah. h3 podcast who was this like kind of supremely awkward guy in a totally different way mm-hmm. um he, he was just on it i think today or yesterday um so that's that's a funny coincidence it's funny how all of these or at least Maybe it's just like the the point of view I have, but a lot of my favorite YouTubers um, like iDubs and H3 and William Osman all seem to kind of like interface with each other. Um, yeah. I, I think that's really cool. It is kind of cool how um, the collab is kind of making its way back to YouTube. It was kind of dead for a bit, but I'm seeing it. it it's kind of making making the rounds again. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but for the longest time, and it might still be like this in in certain groups, but it seemed like for the longest time, uh, collabs were basically like, Oh, come over to my house and we'll sit on a couch and we'll review something together or, or whatever. And it's very, very basic and straightforward. And and it's very uninteresting to me. Um, but, uh, I feel like recently, like in the last couple of years, collabs have started evolving back into, okay, like this person is here and we have like something interesting to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're they're bringing something to the table in an interesting way. That's not just uh, that's just not just sitting on a couch and and talking about something. And like I, I I'm really excited about stuff like that. Like Ian's been in a ton of uh, William Osmond videos where he's just participating in the experiment as just another like test subject. It's not like oh Idubs is here and. It's basically an iDubs interview, but just a hangout session also, like with no like real goal in mind or anything like that. Like he's here and he's, uh, he's trying, he's like driving this, uh, this battery powered toy car, uh, for as long as it can go or whatever that video was. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, or like the one that I filmed where he's, he's helping, uh, William make, uh, what do you call those things? Rice Krispie treats uh, out of sawdust. Like those, those are interesting <laughs> activities for people to engage in. And Ian didn't really need to be there for that to happen. It's just that he's, he happens to be there. And I'm seeing more and more of those kinds of collabs now. And I'm, I'm excited about that trend making its way back. Cause for a while collabs were definitely just so cookie cutter and weird and blame. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that's, I don't know much about, like the business side of YouTube, but maybe a lot of those more boring collaborations were born out of 
like uh, multi-channel networks just yeah. kind of like saying like here we can give you this guy for the day like do whatever you think would get the most clicks yeah that's actually a really great point uh i didn't really think about that because multi-channel networks are actually on their way out recently yeah uh so i uh, that makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> that multi-channel networks are just like hey uh here's this other youtuber collab with them and they're like well i don't know what to do how about you just come over to my house and we'll just like open a box of makeup and we'll talk about the makeup (laughs) you know like nothing too exciting uh and it just devolves into an interview more than anything but then multi-channel networks aren't aren't shoving these uh these interactions in their their faces anymore so now they're just kind of like you know reaching out to people that they like and saying hey uh i think it'd be really funny i'm trying to make these uh these rice krispie treats and seeing how much sawdust I can put on them. You want to, you want to, you want to help? I mean, like you can just stand there and, and, uh, you know, help me do it just to be a, a, a supportive role and it works out and it's funny. And yeah, I like those. I hope people keep doing it. Like with, you know, the prospect of Dax being a, uh, a correspondent on the H3 podcast. I mean, like that's better than him being a guest, you know, (laughs) it's, it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Or like, uh, I think, uh, psychic pebbles, who is one of mm-hmm. my favorite like creators ever. He like, he's never been a guest on the HD podcast, but he'll randomly call in and do like a character or a voice and like do basically a skit. And I think that's a great, that's like a more interesting contribution and like way more entertaining than if he were to be a guest on the show. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And I, I know H3 has done that a couple times, like uh, Salvia Eric, co- Internet Comment Etiquette. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with him, but he, yeah, yeah. he had that kind of like correspondent role where he would just kind of hang out and essentially just like sit at the table. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he might have even been there when William Osman was, maybe not, maybe not. But I, he, Usually whenever I see uh, him on, it's with Jack's films. Um, yeah. But I know he's been on by himself before. Yeah, and he's a funny guy, but it's like the, yeah. the casual nature of these um collaborations that you see nowadays i think is what person i mean at least personally that's what that's what i like about them where it, it doesn't seem forced it doesn't seem yeah, like yeah oh here's this name you can slap on you know like featuring this person yeah um, it's not just it's not just that it's also it's not for clicks you know, yeah it's like the the hanging they add out something the hanging out the nature video. of it the casualness of it yeah the chemistry is there because mm, exactly it's not yeah the chemistry is important i think and whenever you have a little bit more control over who you're collaborating with, collaborating with and you're incorporating them into the idea of the video they were already going to make uh i think that it, it's so much better and i'm yeah i'm glad that it's coming back i'm glad it's here again uh yeah yeah, and I guess if you, I mean if you look at the doc like that, if you look at uh, Ice Cream Man like that, it is kind of a collaboration between Dax and you and Idubs. Where, I mean, you just go full force with like an idea <laughs> that Dax has and kind of like shape that, help shape that for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, this one did feel a little bit more like a collab than than Full Force did. Full Force was. Uh, that was a case study. Dude, full, yeah. <laughs> full Force is like stepping into another world, man. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I'm actually very grateful for um, what's happened with the reception of Ice Cream Man because in my mind, and I always kind of prepare for the worst, I guess, whenever these things are about to release. I mean, like, I was, our, I've already, I mean, it, it's been finished for two weeks now, essentially. And uh, I was basically just waiting for it to be released and waiting for certain puzzle pieces to fall into place so that it could eventually get put out. Um, but 
Um, I was worried about the reception um, of uh, the the documentary Ice Cream Man as 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 being uh, heavily compared to Full Force. Like people would just be like, um, "This is no Full Force, but you know, it's still pretty good." Like I was I was worried that people were going to basically automatically compare it to Full Force because whenever you make a sequel to something or whenever you make an episode two or whatever, people are going to be like, "Was that good or or was it better or worse than the other thing?" And so far. Uh, because of how like crazy different the characters that we're interviewing and and making the documentary about are, I think that it kind of inadvertently um, kind of changed people's direction of how to think about it. And they think about it as, as its own thing. And the people who are directly comparing about it or comparing the two um, have thankfully given uh, great takes, which is like most of the people have, have agreed that, while full force is definitely more spectacle and uh, definitely more intriguing on like a, a morbid curiosity level and definitely more like, I don't know, depression porn, I guess in a way, because it's like this guy's in like this terrible, terrible like town and, and living situation. And it's funny because he's a funny guy and he's making the best of it. And that's kind of the the theme of the documentary. And because of that, it's less funny and more like odd and weird. And you can't look away. It's like a train wreck uh, kind of situation. But with Ice Cream Man, it's definitely more funny, I think. And a lot of people have agreed with that, that it's not as, it's that Full Force definitely wasn't as funny as this one is. But it also kind of doesn't have that same spectacle because it's like much more grounded. It's a relatively more normal person than, than Aerosol Fatty. Um, he's in a little, I mean, like while he is down on his luck comparatively to his, you know, previous career was, um, he's in a, you know, a better living situation. It's not as depressing. He has high hopes for the future, despite him being in a dead end job. It's like, it's not as depressing as full force was. So I feel like they're not really comparable and I'm glad that people have realized that and they haven't been just jumping to like, oh, I got to compare the two. You know what I mean? Because that was the thing I was worried about because I, I totally think that they're two different like uh, experiences watching those two. Like I would, there are certain people who I would show one of those documentaries to instead of both of them because I know that they would only like one of them. You know what I mean? Like I would show my mom ice cream man, right? Um, and I would probably show I would probably show full force to my mom too, but I wouldn't expect <laughs> her to like it, you know what I mean? Like I, I I would show ice cream man to my mom and I know that she would probably enjoy it <laughs> as opposed to full force where she'd be like, Ah, eh, they're that's kinda gross. <laughs> you know? I like that. <laughs> yeah, full force was pretty gross but i mean <laughs> a, a common thread I, i'd like to hear your thoughts about like what you see as the common thread in the documentary series that you and uh ian work on but what i what i see it as is like like focusing in on the human side of what many people might laugh laugh at and laughing like with these people mm. and digging in digging into like why they are the way they are and why they why these people act and put themselves out there just to be a lot of the times um, like mis or misunderstood or maybe yeah, maybe yeah. even made fun of. More so maybe with the case of Airsoft Fatty, but I mean a big theme of Ice Cream Man is that no one understands what 
Dax, what Dax's deal is. They don't know if this like turbo <laughs> awkward dude is is real or not. They don't know if he's doing a bit or not. Um, and I think that that same kind of thing is there is there in full force. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on on what the what like the common thread. Like if you let's say you did you know many more of these, which I'm sure you're you're planning on. Like what what is like the common theme that you want to weave well, throughout them? You've hit, you definitely have hit the nail on the head as far as the common theme between the two that we've made already. Um, and I don't think that that is intentional necessarily. I think that's just kind of how it worked out. Like I'd say that both of the documentaries are check out this weird character. Turns out that they're, they're not so bad. They live life the, the way that they like to. And uh, it ends up being kind of wholesome at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, yeah, you already kind of established what the common thread is between the two existing documentaries. However, that's not, that hasn't been our goal. Uh, they just kind of, worked out that way and when it comes to the next few documentaries we're not looking at subjects who can give us that theme we're we're mostly just i mean the theme of the documentaries as far as i'm concerned is just what's interesting and 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 what is who is an interesting thing or youtuber or or person for that matter they don't even have to be a youtuber they don't even have to be a person uh they're much more open-ended than i think people realize um just based on the two that we've made um, but like we have like a document of like potential subjects that we keep updated. We add things, we remove things as we go along and it's so diverse. It's like a bunch of different crap, like anything from an abstract thought, like concept to a, like a real living person. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's, uh, it's definitely, um, not as planned out as uh, people might assume, but we do, I think have the goal of just making the documentary interesting, which is so, you know, (laughs) open-ended. Everybody wants their documentary to be interesting at the end of the day, but we definitely aren't aiming to make a a wholesome documentary every time. And I think that there are definitely a few people on our list of subjects that um, I would be very, very surprised if people came away from those documentaries and said, wow, that was wholesome. Uh, Because (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it doesn't, doesn't seem likely. (laughs) Uh, well, the, when I, after, after watching, uh, ice cream man again today, um, I went, I went and looked at a bunch of the comments. So I was on Twitter looking at, looking at comments and I saw a bunch of people, uh, saying that they, they wished y'all would do a documentary on, uh, what's the the report of the week that this is running on empty food review. I love that guy. I love him too. He's great. That's more on the wholesome side. So I don't know. Have you guys <laughs> thought about? I I wouldn't be surprised if he were, he was on. Your yeah, list. yeah. We've we've reached out to him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love that guy. I've been following him for years, and honestly, his food reviews are great. You know, I don't eat a lot of like fast yeah, food, yeah. <laughs> but I learn about it from him. I live very <laughs> you know, like I live food. very vicar I live uh, vicariously through him because uh, yeah, I don't really eat a whole lot of fast food either. But uh, it's interesting to to see what the fast food companies are coming up with. I mean, like I mostly am interested in his videos because I'll read the title and be like, what? Like Taco Bell made a like, what? What is that? Like, and then he'll be like, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Take a big bite of this monstrosity of a food item. I'm like, that looks fucking disgusting, but apparently it's good. (laughs) The best part about his stuff is that he takes it so seriously where he'll be reviewing like hot Cheeto dust covered pizza crust and like compare it to, like the regular Cheeto dust covered pizza crust that another pizza pizza place offered, you know, three years yeah. ago that was discontinued for this reason. And it's like, he's like, 
I don't know. It's 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 that like it's that taking it seriously in the same way in the same way that like Dax you know takes everything like his interactions with people so seriously yeah. like people just be blowing him off but like that guy oh my god that like that huge douche uh who was in ice cream man who was like it's like religion is dead but mysticism <laughs> is alive uh the, yeah the same guy who was like oh dex you see yourself as charismatic yeah, god that was such a, oh. <laughs> i want to okay I, for one yeah that was pretty cringe that he said that but i have to admit that i kind of did that guy dirty if oh, i sure. were to show if I were to release like the uncut extended version of that conversation, he's that that guy is definitely a lot more friendly than uh, he he was made out to be. I included those parts because I thought they were the most funny, uh, <laughs> but it definitely didn't make him look that good. I just thought that him uh, saying uh, that mysticism is alive and religion is dead, <laughs> and then following that up with uh, "Yeah, you can stare into the sun" for context. He's not staring into the sun, really. He's staring into the sunset after the sun goes down. So he's kind of staring into the like the bright part of the sunset after the sun's already gone down over the over the horizon. Apparently, that's safe to do. I looked it up. It is. It, you, you can you can look at that, and it's fine. But apparently, there are a bunch of hippy dippy types that think that that is beneficial to your health. So that was pretty funny on its own. However, he explained that over the course of like a like a long winded sentence and it was just impossible to give context to it <laughs> so i feel bad because he it made him look like a crazy person but it also was really funny and uh if you're out there stranger who uh told dax to stare into the sun i know that you're not crazy <laughs> and i hope that people realize maybe that you're not crazy but it was still really funny and i don't regret it because it was it was hilarious yeah, um, and it was so very LA. out of it was he was totally la that was that was the best part about it. Uh, he's so stereotypical of uh, that type of uh, of LA resident, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it was totally out of left field, and I think he unintentionally came off as as uh, as assholeish when he was like, "Oh, and you think you're you think you're charismatic?" Because he definitely wasn't like that the rest of the conversation. He was actually quite friendly. So I, I just want to clear that, that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't mean. He was actually one of the nicer guys to talk to Dax. The mean people were the people that just blew him off, you know? Oh my gosh, there were yeah. so many in the, everybody. In the doc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to talk about? That's a good question. What were you going to talk what about? What we were talking about before this. Um, we were talking about... Uh, Your next doc, video. Food of the Week. Oh yeah, I wanted to, I, I wanted to talk about uh, Report of the Week a little bit because that is a super highly requested one. Um. If there are any, you know, people listening who are fans of the documentary series, uh, I will say this. It is, I think personally, that it is unlikely that he will want to uh, do a documentary, a report of the week, uh, hmm. just based on the interactions that we've had with him so far. Uh, we've discovered a little bit that he's kind of a recluse. Uh, he's kind of, um, I don't know, he's not, he's not really into collaborating. Like he, we looked into it. We were like, has he done any other collabs? The uh, literally the only other time that we can find that he's ever done an interview is with the local um, news station that where he lives. Yeah. And even it that seems was like very, he's really into broadcast. He has like a ham yeah. radio show. Yeah. No, I know that that's a super interesting part of him. Um, but I don't think him as a person is super interested in exposing his life like that. And that coupled with the fact that, um, we know me, Ian and Ben know that there's only so much, there's only so far that you can get with report of the week with, with like 
asking him about the three things I think that make him interesting. Um, his personality and his clothing uh, is like the a suits. subject. That's an entire thing you can go into, the suits and stuff. Um, and then uh, the food reviewing, why he's so into fast food and fast food reviewing, uh, that would be another subject. And then the the last subject, of course, would be the obsession with ham radios and uh, like local broadcasting and stuff like that. Those are the three like things, but those are all kind of things that Ian has nothing to do with really. Uh, and in my opinion, I think that while the subjects of the documentary are super interesting, people are also watching the documentaries for Ian at the end of the day. It's his channel. Sure. Uh, and the thing that makes these documentaries so funny, I think, and the thing that we should always hold on to is we find something to do where Ian can interact on like a more personal level, give us a task or something, or give us something to do. And it's really hard to come up with something like that for, for uh, Report of the Week. The closest thing <laughs> that I pitched that neither Ian or Ben are on board with, but I am super on board with, despite me never wanting to do this <laughs> casually, is I was like, we should take report of the week to a strip club and just see what happens. <laughs> like take him, put him in, in, in a situation where he would be just super out of his element. And I can tell you this right now, based on how much we've interacted with him so far, just reaching out to him. I don't think he would want to, I don't think he would agree to do that <laughs> or anything like that for that matter. So, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be very, um, plain that documentary i don't think it would be as interesting as people were would hope it would be simply because i i just think that report of the week is not he's not down to to do that kind of thing you know what i mean he's very innocent he's innocent in like the way that you would expect dax flame to be you know the surprising thing about dax flame is he's kind of down to do whatever you ask him to do but with report of the week we get this feeling from him that he's a lot more tight uh tightly closed uh, probably less willing to do things like that. Uh, that would be funny. That would lend to the chemistry between Ian and uh, and Report of the Week. I don't know his real name. I wish I did. <laughs> or otherwise, yeah, I I'd either. call him by that. Huh? I, I, I don't know. Oh, bra. yeah, yeah. Review bra, yeah. yeah. Review bra. The bra. Um, yeah. I have one of his shirts. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I also think yeah. like what what I've really enjoyed about the the past two um, has been that there, I didn't know who Dax flame was. I, I guess yeah, I, just, yeah. I just missed that wave of YouTube early on. Cause I was watching it back then. I was mm -hmm. a huge fan of Smosh and whatnot. Never heard of Dax. Um, and I hadn't heard of airsoft fatty before full force. So it's cool to kind of like see you guys peer into these lives of these people that, you know, people otherwise want to know about. Um, yeah, that's I true. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, cause we'll eventually, I mean, we have a bunch of contenders that are, that are well known and I'm wondering how interesting we could make those because they're so well known, you know, like the intrigue of a lot of the, or both of the documentaries so far has been that they're relatively unknown and there are a few people who might be super familiar with them just cause they've been longtime fans. But for the most part, we're introducing these people for the first time, uh, to Ian's audience. And, uh, I don't know if doing something like report of the week would be as interesting because a lot of stuff on a report of the week's channel uh, is very introspective. And um, he has a ton of like hour long videos where he talks about his day to day life. He talks mm -hmm. about um, 
He answers a ton of questions about himself. Like he'll answer, he's answered many, many times in the past why he wears his suits like he does and, and why he acts like he does. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of that stuff is already kind of out on the table for a lot of people who are fans of him. So I don't really know if, uh, if a documentary about him would be even worth doing <laughs> despite, uh, I don't know. I, I want to do something with him because I just like his content. And I think that Ian and report of the week chemistry could be good if he was open to it. But so far, I just don't think that it's going to work out. I think that there are a ton of other options that, uh, that look promising, more promising in my opinion, uh, that would probably get, have the same effect or a better effect. Can you go into any of them or are you guys keeping it pretty close to the chest? I can tell you a few that we're thinking about. I mean, like the thing is, it's like with Dax flame, uh, he isn't, uh, if you go and look at the, the document of people that we've considered, he never was on it. Uh, oh, we wow. just kind of one week we were like Dax flame. Yeah. Like that sounds like a good idea. And it didn't really seem to be a huge discussion. We were just like, yeah, that's actually a really, really good one. Let's do it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't something we were thinking about is what I'm trying to say. Just kind of happened. Um, so I will preface these other contenders that, uh, that I'll reveal <laughs> with, with the, uh, the asterisk that, uh, they could totally not happen because we could think of somebody that we didn't even think about and just do it the next week. Um, one that I'm, that one that I was kind of looking forward to that we've been thinking about is, uh, chills. You know who that is? Mm-mm. No. Uh, Chills is the guy who d- did the thing where he said, uh, number 15, Burger King foot lettuce. The last thing you'd want in your Burger <laughs> oh, yeah, King yeah, foot yeah. lettuce is a Burger King burger foot or whatever he said. <laughs> um, turns out the the guy is like super like into, um, like hip hop music and he has like, f- like full length mixtapes that are actually pretty good. Um, if you listen to him and oh, his voice awesome. actually lends his like weird, like, Number 15 voice. It actually lends really well to hip hop for some reason. Um, I'd highly recommend going and checking out. So that on its own is pretty interesting. And two, uh, the few interactions that Ian has had with him suggest that he's totally down to do whatever. One of our ideas for that documentary was we'll take him somewhere and have him comment on things in that voice. Like we were thinking like be funny to go to like an abandoned graveyard at night and have him like comment on like what's going on. Like this spooky graveyard is very scary. <laughs> um, so that was an idea that we had. And uh, just because of the weird um, like unpredictability of it, that's why I was kind of excited to, to possibly do um, do one on chills. Uh, so that could happen. But at the same time, it's like, there isn't really too much to the guy other than he has a strange speaking voice and he makes hip hop music. So I don't know exactly how far we could go with that. We'd have to think, we'd have to come up with a lot more, uh, a lot more stuff to do with him, I think, but that's a contender. Um, what's another one? I'll give you another one that I can think of off the top of my Kim head. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-il. No, Kim Jong-il passed away. Kim, Kim Jong-un. Jong-un. Oh, his son. Yes. Yeah. That could be a pretty interesting one. Although I think they already made a documentary. It's called the uh, interview. Oh, I saw that. That was yeah, a great James interview. Franco interviewed him and that was a documentary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, let me just pull it up. Let's see if I can find one. There's some that are super, um, like something that like literally nobody's heard of, but we still want to make a documentary about them because they're so funny. Um, 
hold on, let me find the uh, the document. The document. Yeah, I think the uh, the fact that you know, I I was familiar with Dax Flame as the there's a few memes that you see, like the Superman looking all defla- deflated, like humiliated after school. That meme I've seen, but I I wasn't familiar with Dax Flame as uh, the YouTuber um, that he is. But I saw today I saw some people on Twitter like holy shit, I can't I can't believe they made a Dax Flame documentary. So I think that like <laughs> internet deep cut is like a big appeal of this yeah, ice yeah. cream man doc. It's one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. I haven't thought about him for years. Exactly. It's cool to see him come out uh, in this in this way. Um, there are some things that I've written down that that I haven't really gotten the other guys on board, but I really want to do one about um, uh, Channel Awesome, aka the Nostalgia Critic. Oh my god! <laughs> because that whole that whole lore, like, there's so much lore, there's so much backstory, so much drama. There's some shit, dude. There's and he's some, such uh, a weird drama. guy. He's such a weird guy, and he's like, he's in a ton of memes, and he's super memeable. But like him as a person is so interesting to me. Um, but I I don't think I'll be able to convince the other two. <laughs> That's just my dream. <laughs> That's my dream guy. Um, yeah, that, I mean, he is memeable, <laughs> but I I think that recently there was some stuff where he was like harassing his worker that there yeah was some yeah weird stuff that yeah there was then. some like weird um like workers comp shit going on yeah or something yeah i mean like that would be you know a drama element of the documentary we could ask him sure. his uh his opinion and there's a bunch of people who have since left channel awesome or quit or gone their separate ways or or had creative differences quote unquote with them uh who we could probably interview separately and get their side of the story so i think it'd be pretty cool yeah, I think that would be a heavier doc than uh, Ice Cream Man. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It would be it would be entirely me being interested in these weird creatures that uh that screech into the camera and say, <laughs> "Why is this movie so bad?" Um, <laughs> um I'll tell you I'll tell you one that got that canceled. A great the one that we were literally we had purchased plane tickets. We had purchased plane tickets to go and and, and do a documentary on this guy and then he canceled last second. He got wet feet. Or cold feet, I should say. Wet feet. <laughs> he, got, he, got, he wet his feet up. Um, his name's Peter Peter Kane Dog Trainer. I don't know if anybody knew who that is, but uh-uh. um, he's he's kind of um, uh, he's not very popular at all. He has a very fringe audience, but he's a very strange guy. Um, he's definitely more in the theme of airsoft fatty, or he's this weird backwoods crazy guy. He's like 40, 50 years old. He makes these really strange videos where he, he like, he pretend, I mean, like he tries to play it off like it's real, but he's like, guys, I found a, a Bigfoot. I trapped it in my barn. And then he goes out <laughs> in his barn and he's, he's constructed this like working animatronic, clearly fake, but like still kind of technically impressive, uh, Bigfoot model that moves and screams and has its own like, <laughs> like sound effects and stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's in the, and he tells these really funny stories where, where Bo- Bigfoot like raped him in the woods and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. He's like super strange, but at the same time, he's like, uh, he is, he's insane. I mean, it's kind of a good thing that we didn't go and do the documentary on him because he's, he's, he's like a wild card. I don't know how to describe it. Like it was very, 
I I will say that I was I was the the one of the I was the guy of the three like it's me Ian and Ben are the three green drink gang uh that's our production company that's the the three people who work on the documentaries primarily I was the one of the three who was like I don't know about this Peter Kane guy guys like <laughs> I I mean it's exciting because maybe he'll pull a gun or something and and <laughs> and you know but at the same time it's like I think that he's not gonna it's not gonna be a good documentary because like uh, I was like well what kind of mystery can we set up around this guy who's clearly faking things you know what I mean like there's not really any intrigue around this just weird guy other than that he's he thinks that he's fooling people or whatever you know what I mean um so I had that kind of kind of uh hesitation <laughs> about it but at the same time it, it could have it who knows it could have been great but he canceled like literally the week before we were gonna leave uh so he's dead to us unfortunately uh so unfortunately peter, peter kane dog trainer documentary could be out now to be honest it could have been out now because we were gonna go back in september but he uh yeah he didn't want to do it um i want to do one on ray sipe you know who that is no who's no. that He's a crazy old man on Twitter. He posts like random ass shit. Amazing. There's nothing, there's no other way to describe it. He like lives in Florida. He's like clearly retired and just using his free time until he dies to, uh, to just like, <laughs> he goes, I think he just goes on trending and finds like whatever the trending thing is. And then he makes a video where he just says the word that is trending while dancing around. And I think that he just does it. <laughs> he just does it. Like he thinks that, that's how you get views <laughs> is that you just make a relevant video about what's trending, but it's like not relevant at all. It's usually just an old man. He's like missing a bunch of teeth <laughs> and it's like the weird, he's like the funniest, like it's like a fever dream watching his videos, but we were like, uh, you know, we were thinking about doing one on him. I really want to do it on him. Cause I've been following him for like years, like for like 10 years now. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I think an um, old man would be like great material for one of these. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it sounds like such a gold mine. Yeah. Oh, and I keep trying to convince the other two of this, but they're super, I think that I'm the only one that wants to do this one. Um, but I think Belle Delphine would be a fucking amazing documentary because she is a, a weird subject. <laughs> oh, she's, she's so like a strange. black box. She's like, like, yeah. No one understands her. It, no one, yeah. We, it would be like, it would kind of be groundbreaking, I think, because no one really knows anything about her. And Ian, I think, is in like a, a very strange situation where, I think for a while, I think it's different now. I think that she has her followers uh, hidden. But um, like a year ago, uh, we I, I think someone looked, I, I looked at her followers or one of, I think Ben looked at her followers and we noticed that she only follows two people on Twitter. And that is H3H3, who she's kind of collabed with, I guess. She sent him a, <laughs> a bottle of spit. Um, and Ian, who what? <laughs> she's never spoken wow. to. Uh, so I think that, I think she, she at very least enjoys his content or at least was hoping to reach out to him in some way to collab. Uh, so I think that he's in a, in a, a unique, comp, uh, he's in a unique situation where he might be able to organize some sort of interview with her. And I also think that it could be relevant because she basically invented the simp. If you think about it, <laughs> she, that would she be a, created a the very simp. interesting story arc. In so the I, I, yeah, yeah. Story. I think that it would be, I mean, like he, he, he groans when I bring this up all the time, but I'm like, dude, like now is the time. Like this is your field, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is relevant to your channel at this 
moment in time, like you got to do something before it wears off and people forget about it. And I think that it's understandable that he might want to distance himself from that. But I think that maybe, you know, maybe in a year when he's, uh, you know, when it's kind of faded from existence, that whole simp thing, uh, it might be more relevant. But I think that now's the time to strike personally because one, she made it kind of a quote unquote comeback. And God, uh, that video. Yeah. That, that was that such video. The, uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. It's like, it's what's that? What's that phrase? A confused boner. <laughs> it's it's both disgusting and arousing at the same time. It's hard to describe, but uh, it, yeah, she's a she's an interesting character. I, I, I'm I'm down to uh, at least give that one a shot. I think that that would be interesting and relevant. I think that a lot of people would be interested in, in finding out more about her. So. Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my head as far as like, uh, people that we've considered. And like I said, there are a lot of people on this list who I, I like literally I've never even heard of like a lot of this, a lot of these people. So, uh, who knows? And like I said, a lot of this stuff isn't even people. This is like, you want to do it about a certain thing, like a documentary about Bitcoin. That's just an example. (laughs) Like that we wouldn't want to do one about Bitcoin, but Simp, you know what coin. I mean. simp coin simp coin Kanye I, coin. I guarantee that's a thing oh, there, there's got to be a simp coin and if there's not then i'm making it and i'm gonna be rich wow congratulations dan thank you <laughs> yeah well it seems uh you know your career is an interesting one to follow because uh you have these you know very in-depth like team fortress 2 breakdowns of the game <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. you have these like extremely uh touching i guess documentaries that you do with uh with, with idubs it, it's all it's all pretty interesting to to follow i mean i my career I is all over the place personally. i mean like i i started out on youtube making sketch comedy as well as stupid mario brothers if anyone remembers that mm-hmm. yeah of course i was ash and stupid mario brothers for an extended period of time which is like one of the more popular early syndicated quote-unquote like fan shows on YouTube. Um, and then, you know, the uncle Dane thing with TF2, like that's its own niche, niche community. However you pronounce niche, niche, uh, that's its own, it's own niche thing. Uh, and now the documentaries, I mean, like, and, and I've also, I mean, not a whole lot of people have seen them, but I've worked very closely with my friend Austin Stevenson to produce two full length movies. Uh, so I mean, and they're indie movies. They're indie horror movies. If anybody's interested in checking those out, they're also on whatever we want. I would love want. to watch those. Yeah, what are they on? Um, they're on the Whatever We Want channel. Um, huh. Wait, did I meet Austin at Comic-Con that one time? I, I feel like I might have. don't know. I don't think... Well, mm, was it in San Diego? I, yeah, I remember I met, I met a friend of yours who I know you had done YouTube stuff at Comic-Con in San Diego. Might have been Austin. I think you might have because when I lived in San Diego, I was roommates with Austin. So it makes okay, sense that he would be yeah. with me. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've, I, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, my career is is all over the place right now, but I'm fine with it. I like having variety in in the projects that I work on, and uh, it's fun. I really like uh, video editing. Video editing is my passion. <laughs> Graphic design is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So speak. So video video editing. I mean, I I know you've just started posting 
um, TF2 videos again. You you went on like a yeah. hiatus um, mm-hmm. from the Uncle Dane channel, but the videos that you have posted are super heavily edited, and I know that's like kind of a staple of yours. Um, but I think it's it's pretty cool to see um, like that kind of it's not it's not a let's play. It's not just a a gameplay that you're talking over. It's like super stylized gameplay that like you you really have a point to make with your editing yeah yeah it's like a presentation it's like a book report more than anything um and uh yeah i i i'm uh i'd say that out of all the the things that i have to do to make a video editing is the thing that i have the most fun doing so naturally that's the thing that i put the most work into because i just i have fun doing it like if i didn't have fun doing it then i'd probably find as many shortcuts and 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 maybe even go as far as editing or hiring someone else to edit my videos or even just change the format of my videos to to work around the fact that I don't like it but turns out uh, that's my favorite part of the process so uh you'll find that uh yeah my videos are edited but it's not because uh I'm making a point or anything it's mostly just that that's that's the way I like to make content it's the most fun part of the process i don't like record i don't like i i mean writing is all right um, but it's so time, it's so time consuming and, and I, I really have to be in the mood to do it. And, and then recording my own voice, uh, the commentary, that's like the most hellish part. I dislike that part the most, uh, by a long shot. And then, um, and then sound design or sound editing. I I've started actually, um, this guy who did the sound design on, on ice cream, man, uh, his name's Soundsmith. He's also a TF2 YouTuber, but, uh, sound design is his passion. And, uh, so I reached out to him, uh, when I was editing ice cream, man, I was like, dude, would you, would you be down to, you know, just do the sound mixing on this entire documentary for me? And he was like, yeah, I can do that. So we worked very closely together, uh, when I was editing the documentary piece by piece and I would send him uh, little like, uh, different files that contained all of the different, uh, strings for for uh like the music the voice the voiceover the the lav mics the the background music all of that stuff and he would put them all together and make them sound good and and clean up the audio and and balance it so that it all made sense with each other and he would send it back to me and that was a really good process and i really enjoyed it so on this recent tf2 video that i'm going to be uploading this week actually i have it ready to fire i just need the thumbnail done um i actually had him do sound mixing on that as well and that was super successful he made it sound really good and it's so nice to not have to worry about it because at the end of editing a video i have to go back and i have to find a bunch of sound effects i have to balance all of the stuff to make it sound good uh i hate that part a lot (laughs) it's so boring and and i honestly don't really have an ear for it so it's nice to be able to outsource that to somebody who actually does like it and i'd like to do that with more things uh in the future. In fact, if I could outsource my uh, my voice to somebody else, I would. <laughs> yeah, just uh, someone, anyone out there, uh, if you have experience deep faking, you know, whatever. Yeah, can I get one of those Dane. robots that like can um, <laughs> that can like emulate voices? Can somebody make one of those for me? Because <laughs> I would, I would honestly love to use that. <laughs> so, Dane, if you don't like sound design or your voice or even writing all that much, then where do your uh, your albums <laughs> fit into all this? Oh, that's a good and point. And why are that's those around? <laughs> so for background, Dane has released at least 
two like yeah, full two. length parody like <laughs> hip hop <laughs> albums. Like the last one was a parody of Kendrick Lamar's "Damn." And what's it called? Dang? What is it called? It? Darn. Which Darn. is something that the, uh, the engineer says. Yeah. And it's a uh, very in depth. <laughs> it, it is the 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 reason why it's funny is because is that it exists. It's very millennial humor. The joke is the existence of the thing, um, and the amount of work that goes into it. And uh, you you did catch me in a bit of a a bit of a a, a gotcha there. Yeah. If I don't really like working with sound, then why did I why did I make an album? Uh, well, it's because <laughs> I thought the idea was so goddamn funny and ridiculous that I basically forced myself through the process <laughs> and honestly it wasn't that bad on i would say that working with making music is is a little bit more interesting i think than working with just straight up commentary uh because with commentary i have to sit there and i have to talk and i have to read i'm reading a script and this is just the way that i like to do it but i'm reading a script and i'm and i'm reading it in a way and I try and make sure that I'm reading it in a way that makes it sound like I'm just speaking off the cuff, that I'm just kind of thinking of this off the top of my head. And uh, it doesn't always come off that way, but I try and make it sound like that as much as possible because if you sound, if you sit there and you sound like you're reading a script, then it's a little bit less engaging and there's not a whole lot of like emotion behind it and it's not very exciting for people to watch. Um, so I, I have to do that and that takes a lot out of me. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's it's just difficult for me to read a script and at the same time, in my head, think about, okay, how would I say this if I was just thinking of it? You know what I mean? And it's so, uh, I don't know, it's it's really hard for me to do. Um, I, it, I know it probably doesn't sound that hard, but for me, it's hard to do, and I don't like it. Um, but I have to do it, because that's just how I would like my videos to be presented. Uh, with music... Um, I basically just have to emulate the original, which is very easy. Um, I find it very easy for me to like copy the way things, the way things are said or the way things are sung, I guess. Um, I grew up listening to a ton of Weird Al. I think that might have influenced it. There was, was a point in my, <laughs> there was a point in my life where I didn't listen to real music. I just listened to Weird Al uh, parodies. And uh, I think that that might have something to do with it. But I'm very, I feel like I'm very good at emulating the way that people say things and I can do basically an impression of something if I listen to it enough. And so that made it a lot easier for me to record my voice or record my singing part of the thing. And then the rest of that is actually editing. Like putting all of that together is is editing. It's not video editing, but it's editing nonetheless. And I will say that, I mean, the songs don't sound professionally mixed because they're not. They're mixed by me. Uh, and, but it didn't really matter to me because the joke is the existence of the thing. It's not necessarily the the impressiveness of it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I guess that that's kind of my answer is that I, I, I forced myself to do it and it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be just because I thought that the joke was funny. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, living and dying by the meme is a, a very yes. millennial thing. Yes, and people keep asking me if I'm going to make another one, but honestly, I mean, the joke, uh, the joke's done. I did it. I did it twice. The joke is there. Um, <laughs> I feel like if I do it again, it's like, oh, he, he did it again. It's not. You're just waiting on Kendrick Lamar to drop another album. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I still, I, I still have a few ideas for specific song parodies, like for God's Plan by Drake. <laughs> I want to make one called Gold Pan, or I sing about a gold pan that I got from MVM. I have an idea for Kendrick Lamar's DNA where I sing about the PDA, the engineer's PDA that he, that oh he uses to build buildings. 
You fucking nerd. So yeah, there's a there's a little tiny ideas that I have in my head that I might release as like quote unquote singles if Drop I ever the get singles. the uh, <laughs> if I ever get the uh, the courage to to take on that again. Uh, but I'm definitely not going to do another album. I think that I've yeah I've already run that that joke river dry. I think in my, <laughs> at least in my opinion. I know that there are some people who are just like no, we want more of the same thing. But I I try my hardest to try and try and switch things up as much as possible. And I think two full length uh, a TF2 parody albums is is quite enough at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, but Dane, you have the TF2 parody album on YouTube Market completely cornered i do i do there's a few other people who have who have um who have followed suit like uh, there's another guy named funk who who makes tf2 content he made an album it was pretty good actually i really liked it and i had a spot on it actually he contacted me and asked me to do a little sketch with him a little interlude sketch (laughs) so yeah there's there are people who who are filling the market as well because they saw that it was successful for me as as far as like a a running joke but yeah it's not (laughs) It's not something that that's special to me. I think, I think parody albums are criminally underdone. I think more people should do them because they're so funny. There's they're like the perfect blend of like wow this is impressive and wow this is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I love yeah, that's that. like Weird Al's whole career. It's yeah, like exactly. You look at his body of work and you're like, this guy is a genius. He works so hard, but this but is he, so dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's so dumb, and his hair is so stupid, and his name is Weird Al. <laughs> his name Yankovic. is Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, it's 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 like right up my alley as far as what I find funny, which is just like writing that line between like technically impressive and just so stupid that it exists. Yeah, high effort karaoke. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it is it is essentially high effort karaoke. Sweaty karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> But it is something bring up to me all the time, so obviously it's resonated with people. And it's it's funny there are people who say that they listen to those albums like every day, every day. Dude. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm like how? It's a joke. <laughs> it's not real music. <laughs> I wonder if they're like me. And like I remember when I first heard uh, "Fat" by Weird Weird Al. I had never heard "Bad" by Michael yeah, Jackson. Same. I wonder if they're like that, where they've never heard "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar. No, oh, yeah, darn. I think <laughs> on loop every day. I really do think that that might be the case for a lot of people who are fans of those albums, who are super fans at least. That they probably just think that those are original songs. Because <laughs> I mean, that's how I viewed a lot of Weird Al Yankovic's music at first. I thought it was just funny songs, and then I realized that a lot of them were parodies. Most of them were. Yeah, I don't know. Does he do original music? I've not, I'm not. I'm not familiar. Wow, you're not a big you're Weird Al Yankovic fan, apparently. No, I'm not a weirdo. He has a lot of. Uh, he has a ton of original music on his albums. A lot of them are are, are considered style parodies, though. Like he'll do a uh, he'll do a song that's in the style of a band, but not necessarily a direct parody of a band. Does oh, that make oh, sense? Interesting. Uh, but they'll still be humorous. Like he he has a he has a song that's in the style of cake uh, that is about like being really picky about women. <laughs> cake is uh, basically a part of the Sacramento uh, extended cinematic universe. Yep, they're from Sacramento. They even have a song called Arco Arena that's pretty jamming. Oh wow! Yeah, I uh, one time I saw uh, the lead singer of Papa Roach at uh jewel not jewel jewel is what we have here mm-hmm. uh Rayleigh's or safeway in el dorado hills 
Papa That's Roach funny. Is also a part of you know, as a Sacramento resident, I think everybody can ha- has their own Papa Roach story. I have mine. I've seen. What's I, your Papa Roach story? I, I mean, when I Papa worked Roach at Starbucks, I, I served him drinks many times, at least fifteen oh, wow. times. Yeah, he has a he has a bratty little son though. He used to run around all the time and knock shit over, and he didn't do anything about it. Oh God, I, I think his I think his uh, his son might have went to high at the, to the same high school that we did. No, yeah, I sat to... next to him in art class. Actually, he was okay. uh, he was kind of like uh, patronizing to me actually. Um, but he always used to brag about how his older brother was a lead singer of Papa Roach all the time. He probably used it to get girls. He was definitely like one of those punk kids who thought it was super funny to like, I don't know, be, be like outgoing to everybody, including me who didn't, I mean, like I was a, I was like very much an introvert at that point in my high school life. And, uh, I didn't really talk to anybody in art class. I just kind of, you know, kept my head down and drew. (laughs) <laughs> drew little cartoons on my piece of paper and he would always be like hey what you drawing <laughs> like dude leave me alone i know that papa roach is your brother and all that but i don't care yeah well papa roach is like one of those bands that has aged so poorly yeah like, <laughs> they're like a joke <laughs> now back yeah, then they exactly. were kind of a little bit badass but even but now it's like funny looking back and be like wow why did <laughs> why did anyone think that that kid was cool why your brother is the lead singer of papa roach you mean the guy that sung cut my life into pieces that guy <laughs> this is my last resort <laughs> that's fucking cool dude <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i remember thinking that was so badass when i was in like eighth grade yeah it was well i mean those songs are directed at eighth graders specifically so i think that's probably why yeah yeah some kids were listening to like you know the soundtrack to like high school musical me mm. i was listening to uh last resort yeah and disturbed <laughs> which you know disturbed actually has aged pretty well i go back and i listen to uh, Ten Thousand fists quite a lot is that the album with like the really lumpy looking guy on the cover really they all guy. have that fucking lumpy looking guy on the cover <laughs> is that the joke uh no, no oh, I just know okay album cover. <laughs> that's literally like every single one of their albums has like that demon looking guy on the on the front no okay, it's like a guy weird. it's like that they're they have like a i don't know an oc or something it's, it, <laughs> oh, it's like i ship them I, I, like, I ship jacoby shaddix and the lumpy guy from disturbed no look it up there's like a there's every single one of their albums has like this demon oc on it and uh on Ten Thousand fists it's uh him holding his fists in the air with a bunch of other punk rock type type people oh, behind him yeah i know exactly Wait, yeah i'm looking 10, at it right 000 now others? Ten, yeah Ten Thousand fists um that album is actually pretty great I, I think the whole album holds up pretty well to be honest um as far as like a cheesy like early 2000s rock album goes i still really like all the songs from like guitar hero 3 yeah like yeah like i went <laughs> that's my like the playlist. soundtrack yeah dude it's great they have like reptilia and uh i don't know a mm-hmm. bunch of other good Th- stuff through the fire and flames through the fire and flames, yep, of yep. course oh dude that was that was banging back then. <laughs> yeah guitar hero 2 and guitar hero 3 had some of the best track lists of any of those rhythm games of all time mm-hmm. in my opinion those are some yeah. really great track lists Millennials that. owe a huge debt to Guitar Hero for informing our musical yes. uh, taste journey. Yep. Now, you know what they have that's kind of like that for, for Gen Z or the new generation? Beat Saber? TikTok. What? <laughs> oh, TikTok. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> that I'd say that like most song discovery uh, that happens now is just through TikTok now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and some of it's extremely good. Like I heard about Roddy Rich, the rapper, through through TikTok. My girlfriend always always sends me TikToks, and uh, I mean, there's some there's some awesome music there. TikTok is strange to me because this is the first 
um, like cultural phenomenon that I'm not even a, like even a little bit interested in participating in. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, Dan, you are missing out. There are some absolute. I don't think I am. <laughs> on TikTok. I'll send you. Some, I'll send you some good ones. I, the the one here's the thing. The, the TikToks that I like are basically just like weirdos that post things that have no views and they're just crazy. Yeah. Uh, and those are really hard to find because most of TikTok is just a bunch of underage girls dancing. And and I've heard stories from like people who who teach in schools and stuff back when back before COVID shut them all down, but I've heard people who are like who are school teachers, they they say like um oh no, this was actually on the H3 podcast. This was William Osmond's wife who's a school teacher. She said that uh that's all kids do like during recess is they just make TikToks. They make them. <laughs> It's just like what, like every. <laughs> that's just, that's crazy to me. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, I I really I think what it comes down to is our brains have been hacked for the purposes of <laughs> getting our eyeballs to look at advertisements. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's been like that for a while. Ever since like television, really. Like oh, absolutely. The whole reason why television like channels existed was to serve ads. Yeah. Which is fine, you know. It's a capitalist society. It's kind of the symptom of that if you think about it capitalism you know bringing up capitalism it's always a really great <laughs> bring it up subject capitalism. always cool to bring up capitalism but i, I mean like however you feel about it i think that it's just because of that it's like well the world revolves around selling things so uh you're gonna see people selling things and they're gonna try and sell things to you as much as possible so. Yeah, and actually speaking of that, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Raycon. Uh, we love Ray J here on this podcast, and his headphones are just the best. Yes, Raycon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I uh, Once I put on Raycon headphones, and then I put on some other kinds of headphones, and I literally screamed. It was so bad. You guys know what I use my yeah. Raycons to listen to? What? The amazing audio quality in Raid Shadow Legends. It's funny. It's funny you say that because I was actually playing Raid Shadow Legends with my uh, with my Raycon headphones, and they ran out of battery, which they never do because Ray Raycon headphones, you know, have world class battery. And I put in my AirPods from Apple, and I threw up everywhere. I barfed, dude. I was <laughs> yeah, yakking. yeah. I puked. I puked. And you know what's <laughs> even better than Raid Shadow Legends, if there is, even is such a thing, it's what? Raid. Just the bug spray. It's really, really useful. You can you can spray bugs and they die. It's so cool. You know what's like, okay? So I I love if you know me and you listen to the, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love spraying bugs with raid. But you know what I like better than raid the bug spray? What Ray Romano? This podcast is sponsored by Ray Romano. Everybody loves Raymond, and you should too. <laughs> And this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. August, say goodbye. Wear Raycon. Joined by my co, <laughs> joined by my Raycon wearing co-host Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say goodbye. Don't forget to play Raid Shadow Legends. And this week, generously joined by the biggest fan of bug spray I know. Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say goodbye. Goodbye, and I hope that if you have bugs, you'll use Raid bug spray to spray them and kill them <laughs> with poison. <laughs> because this has been the Motion Pixels Podcast. Theme song.
finished. I legitimately would like to be sponsored by Raid Bug Spray. I think it would be really funny. You <laughs> should reach out. <laughs> I have. I I I, <laughs> yeah. I added them on. I added them on Twitter. They didn't respond. 